Two Lit Chicks Book Bites with Julia and Ed. Welcome to another edition of Book Bites. Last week, we tackled a very serious topic. Uh, you might say none more serious currently in the world of writing, which was the potential changes brought about by AI, artificial intelligence. So this week, I thought we would get even more serious. Why don't I believe you? <laughs> <laughs> Probably because you know me. Uh, <laughs> in actual fact, yeah, we're going to go completely in the opposite direction and discuss some of the weird writing rituals that authors go through when they're preparing to write or they're in the middle of their writing. I have nothing more serious than the act of writing. That's a spirit. I knew I wasn't frivolous. Um, anyway, let's start with a good one right out the blocks. Um, so Dan Brown, you might have heard of him, little known author who wrote a fairly anonymous book called The Da Vinci Code, among others. No, never heard of him. No, he never really made it. Um, but he did reveal in an interview with uh, the Sunday Times that he often hangs upside down from an exercise frame before writing, wearing gra- <laughs> so, uh, wearing gravity boots to help him clear his head. <laughs> I can't be real. It's really good to know that success hasn't changed him. But anyway, I said. <laughs> I had, go, I had to double check this interview because I was like, that can't be real. <laughs> but I mean, it sounds like a weird thing to do because surely that doesn't clear his head. That just like makes all the blood rush to his head. Yeah, it's not relaxing, is it? I mean, he claims it relaxes and helps him fine tune his ideas. I mean, I, that, that can't have been something he started off with because when he was just a normal poor writer, there's no there's no way he could afford gravity boots. That's obviously so like once he made his first like million or something... Um, He's like, you know what I'm going to buy? Gravity boots. Gravity boots, exactly. (laughs) What would you buy? What would you buy first? Oh, um, oh, that's a good question. Uh, Like, well, I was about to say an invisibility cloak, but then I just realized those don't exist. (laughs) Like real things. (laughs) I don't know. I think think if you're like a billionaire, I think invisibility cloaks probably do exist, but like they've just not told anyone about them yet. I think if you, I think if you're like, Jeff Bezos, I reckon you can buy an invisibility cloak, hundred percent. Okay, because the, the because the military, <laughs> they, why they not? Just off topic, I'll go with it. The military <laughs> are actually developing light refraction technology, which is essentially how you, you you get an invisibility cloak. So we will have them in like twenty years or something, thirty years. But the question is, have they got the technology now? Nobody's going to need them because everybody's going to be sitting at home on social media watching AI created viral videos. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I would buy? What would you buy? I would I would spread the wealth a bit and I would buy or well, I would hire a full time chef. Oh nice. That would be good. Do they yeah. do the washing up as well? Oh man, I don't care about the washing up, like my cleaner does that. <laughs> you, you have a clean sorry. <laughs> you have a cleaner who does the washing up? Yeah. Amazing. I well, mean, only well, once a week. Then we just let it pile up for her. <laughs> do they do? Cause, well, I, I quite like washing up because um, it's quite satisfying. But I hate washing clothes. Do they wash your clothes as well? She does. Yeah, sorry. She washes the <gasps> clothes. We don't. We don't leave a pile of dishes for her that she cleans up once a week. We like actually do the dishes. So. Oh, you were talking about clothes. I thought you were talking about dishes. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Shall we get back to the <laughs> yes, script? Yes, I go back to. <laughs> this has been a detour brought to you by Two Lit Chicks. <laughs> Well, Susan Sontag, the American writer and essayist, didn't... Not not your your cleaner. No, okay, sorry. (laughs) 
There's a great, great segue there. Um, didn't just have one ritual, but a series of rules she would follow, which sounds eminently sensible to me. For example, uh, number one, I will get up every morning no later than eight. Number two, I will write in the notebook every day. Number three, I will tell people not to call in the morning or not answer the phone. Okay. That sounds like you would have got along with Sontag because I'm pretty sure you told me that you get up at 5 a.m. to do your writing and presumably some, some farming activities too. Yeah, of course. The chickens need love at that time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Some of us like to see the dawn, Ed. Well, those of us who don't go up in flames and sunlight. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was was a little too pragmatic for me, all that season Sontag stuff. So let's turn to drugs. Not while we're doing the podcast, Ed. Yeah. Just set you up for that line there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I meant writers taking drugs. So Aldous Huxley, uh, he swore by the creative benefits of LSD, as do we all. Um, Jack Kerouac's stimulant of choice was Benzedrine. Is, is that, is that, is that right? Ben, Benzedrine? I, I think so, yes. Okay, yeah. nailed it. And as for Honoré de Balzac, nailed the French once again, um, Balzac was said to drink 50 cups of coffee a day to write. I mean, that's ridiculous. That seems both excessive and dangerous. I can counter, though, with something less illegal or life-threatening. The German playwright and philosopher Friedrich Schiller used to leave rotten apples in his desk and take a good sniff of them whenever he needed to feel creative. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that, really, other than to go and buy some apples <laughs> but right now. It's going on Amazon to order some apples. Um, well, okay, well, I can't really beat that, so I'll just finish with the legend that is Truman Capote who you may not be surprised to hear, he had a very strange ritual. So he couldn't allow more than three cigarette butts in his ashtray, as he wrote. So he'd tuck the extra ones into his coat pocket. Just standard capote capote there. Uh, He once told interviewer, it's endless the things I can't and won't do, but I derive some curious comfort from obeying these primitive concepts. Uh, I feel like that's a good way to sum it up. Obviously, all my writing rituals are highly advanced and not primitive. Well, of course they are. But, well, I mean, let's end with discussing our own rituals then. Julia, you first. Well, I've just had my office painted in a nice dark uh, Hague blue by Pharaoh and Ball. So I'd like to sit in here and I'd like to light a Joe Malone candle, specifically orange blossom. I really like the smell of that. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's sort of it for me. Wow. I, I was in Joe Malone Cologne. There you go. <laughs> well, there you go. And it rhymes. <laughs> You're a poet and you didn't know it. You know, exactly. it's so funny. Like when I was younger, somebody said that and I'd never heard it before. And I got so excited the first time I heard that saying. You're a poet and you don't know it. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh my God, you just rhymed. There you go. I've not heard it- that for a while, actually. So, it did not. It did not take a lot to make me excited as a child. I guess. <laughs> hey, I, no rhyming. Rhyming makes, still makes me excited. Oh, yeah. Anyway, what about you, Ed? What's your ritual? Oh, I, I just set you up. I'm not mentioning mine. Um, I'm just going to keep you all in suspense for as long as I want. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Two lit chicks is a podcast about books that change lives. Find us on all major podcast platforms or go to our website at twolitchicks.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>